0: Hello and welcome back to the fifth episode of the Men You Are Not Alone podcast. I'm Justin O'Quinn and today I wanted to talk about the pit. And it is based off conversations I've had with men over the past, uh, recently in the past couple weeks, but it's it's a fairly consistent conversation with men over the years. I'm trying a different microphone this time. It's just another one I have, and I've got a pop filter on it. I wanted to see if it sounds any better. Maybe it's worse. But I wanted to talk about uh, what I call the pit and pit stories. And a lot of men, back in 2020 especially, when everybody went into their homes and they stayed in their homes for a long time. Not everybody, but a lot of people did. And they thought they were shutting themselves into their, their homes, but they were actually crawling into a pit, into a hole into a place that uh, was really imaginary, an imaginary prison. And they didn't even realize it. And so in conversations with several men over the past couple of weeks that have just seemed to keep boiling up, probably a half a dozen men. And so it's something I see when I see patterns where conversations are crawling back to the surface. It tells me that there is a certain amount of tension that is rising I've learned that even on a small scale, it is indicative of a tension rising in men in a broader sense, not just in those isolated cases of men that I I happen to be speaking with. And it may not have shown itself yet. And my circle is, is only so big and it's not huge, but there's a lot of people in my life and I am very blessed in that regard. So the the pit that I refer to is, as I often tell men that that came into into my men's group, men I sit down with to eat lunch with, go get coffee with. Typically in the first one or two meetings I have with them, they tell pit stories. Stories of what it looks like. They describe the pit they're in to me. And if you can imagine maybe a little tiger trap-sized pit, a hole. It doesn't take long when your world is the size of that small hole, that pit, to turn in a 360-degree circle and describe what your world looks like. And when that is your identity, or it has become your identity, and you've allowed it to become your identity as a man... You don't have a lot of new material. You don't have a fresh perspective. You lose that fresh perspective. You lose the ability to look uh, beyond the wall of that pit. And that is no insignificant matter with men. A man who feels imprisoned is, is exceedingly destructive to a man. Emotionally. Uh, to some degree mentally but physically and emotionally it is very destructive to a man not when he is imprisoned but when he has allowed his attitude to become one who is imprisoned one who is someone else's slave one who does not have any control over his own life and i'm not even that's not even a, a pointing a finger i've done it a thousand times in my own life And I have tried to pay attention over the years of my life. What are the real issues? And that is what it comes down to. That's how you shake the pit off. Is you look for the real issues. You don't don't get lost in pit stories. Because most of the pits look very similar. And they are circumstantial. And so as I've visited with several men more frequently... Over the past uh, two weeks or so. They keep bringing up pit stories. And no matter how much I try to bump them. I always try to bump a man out of his pit stories. Whenever possible. And I'll listen to them. Because a man has has to get the pit stories out of him. He can't carry them. A man does best when he's thinking out loud. Most men do. They need to get what's inside their head, out. The best way to do that is conversationally with somebody that they trust or with a group of men that they trust, whatever that looks like. And then once it's out there, it's not that other men need to fix it. Men are, in fact, wired. We're wired to fix ourselves, but we have to get that on the outside. And then we're better at identifying. It's like throwing it all out on the table And we can look at it like if you've ever taken uh, uh, something mechanical apart. Uh, Sometimes a a job seems really daunting when you look at the whole component, whether you got to take a lawnmower, a vacuum, a car, a pickup, a heavy-duty truck, something like that. You look at that assembly that you've got to take apart, and it just makes you want to go back inside. But when you start taking it apart and you realize, oh, it's really not that complicated – this is all it is. In my head, it was much larger than what I imagined. But when men are in that pit, everything seems more complicated. And so I wanted to stop today. And I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm trying to make this podcast. I'm trying to travel through the book that I wrote, not to promote the book, but because it is a steep down, it, it was a more concise approach to looking at where I think the real issues lie with what is damaging men in our nation and has been for many decades. But because this has been cropping up to the surface more, and and I'm seeing it in in even just a handful of men, it tells me that there is anxiety from the pit that is rising up in men, and I'm going to guess that it's a little more broad than what it appears to be in, in my little world. So if you find yourself in the pit where all you can think or see is circumstances around you or a circumstance, be aware that that is a season. A circumstance is a season. It passes. It comes and goes. Your life is up and down. That is the nature of life. And that is the risk of being engaged in life is there's good. And I don't even want to call it bad. There's stuff where, there's moments where we are on top and we feel like, even for a brief moment, like everything is going our way. And those are great moments. But only a fool would think that this is where my life is going to remain like a boat. It's always going to plane out on top of the water. It's not. You can't run wide open all the time. And when if you're just constantly living, planing above the water at 45 miles an hour across a lake or an ocean or something, you can't do it all the time and you can't do it everywhere because you're going to hit crap in the water and it's going to blow your boat apart. You just can't. It doesn't stay that way. So set your expectation that, that life does have its ups and downs and that is part of life. Set your expectation to be that so that you're not disappointed when it does. And we learn in those moments when we're not necessarily planning above water. It's easy to be uh, happy, uh, jovial, to have joy. Maybe, I don't know if really joy. It's easier to be happy maybe when things are going our way and the boat's planning above water. Because there is no pit when we're doing that. But when life sinks and we find a circumstance trying to surround us, trying to imprison us, trying to own us, there's wisdom and discernment comes from those low moments, those moments where we are uh, a trial. I don't mean like a court trial. I guess a court trial could be one of them. Just a general, a trial in general, a hard time, a trying time. And that is where we learn. It's, it's, it's in our faults and our failings that we learn so much about ourselves. And we learn, there's a phrase, and I, I'm going to butcher it trying to say it, but there's a phrase that says something, a quote somebody made about, uh, you never know how strong you are until being strong is all you have left. And I think that there, I think that's a good thing. Because it teaches us about ourselves. It teaches us what we're capable of. If you don't have to face a trying time, chances are you're not going to leave that high spot where life is planning out well to learn how to grow to deal with loss or depression or financial hardship. Uh, The things that we experience that help us to be empathetic to those who are in those positions while we're in the high spot so that we don't overlook them. We don't just cruise past the drowning people while our boat is planning out. And we just act like we we have no obligation or no sense of responsibility to help the, the men or really anybody around us while we're out playing, you know, we're, we're zipping across the water. And you got you pass eight people who are barely treading water and you just pretend like you don't see them. If we don't get down into those spots in the, in the course of our lives, we don't have much in the way of empathy for people in that spot. And this is what helps build a sense of community. And it builds relationships. And that is where if you're sitting in your home right now, and you're in that pit, and you're depressed, and you feel lonely, sitting in your home, feeling depressed, feeling lonely is not moving you forward. And it. if you're playing video games, if you are staring at that TV, if you're just watching endless, mindless videos, those three things right there, I know video games, uh, there are peer-reviewed papers, medical papers, that demonstrate how video games, especially in a large amount, for men and boys who are already struggling with depression, as they play, as they dive into video games, it exacerbates their depression, that it increases their depression. So, that right there would tell me I need to stay away from video games, period, because that's not, that's just gonna take me, that's not gonna help me move forward. And honestly, there's no point in just staring at videos. None of these things are going to bring substance back to your life. Because if you're sitting at home alone, you're in the pit, you're depressed. I would venture to guess that a key component of what you're missing is a sense of connection in the form of relationships with people in your community. And I don't mean sexual relationships. I don't mean it has to be a dating relationship. I don't believe that a dating relationship is going to restore and take away your depression and stuff like that. I think it is a sense of connection. That is what I have seen that has value and stands a man back up is when that man feels connected as if he is playing a role in his community, then that man gets out of bed with a sense of purpose. Or maybe he doesn't get out of bed with it, but pretty soon in the day he realizes it. And so I have been there many times in my life and I have learned that one of the ways for me personally is like when I'm in a low point, when I find myself at my house, it's quiet, I feel lonely I'm, I feel kind of like depressed, like just got this fog, like I don't want to go mow the yard. I don't want to go tear apart my pickup. I don't even want to clean the bathroom. Which on my best day is really not one of my favorite things to do to begin with, but I, I, I've I've learned enough now to recognize that when I step into the house or if I find myself in that moment, I know it's go time. It's time to go out and engage life, because I it, it's usually an indication that I have not been tending to relationships in my community, in my circle. I, it's not relationships make us richer people. They challenge who we are. They, they force us to take the circumstances that we're in and put them aside so that we can engage other people. And that unseats our circumstances from being at point on our life in our life. So for me, I go down to a local food bank here in town. And I've been involved with this, this food bank for many, many years now. And I can go down there completely tapped of energy, truly exhausted in my bones, and when I start putting f- boxes of food together and I give those boxes, I help load those boxes into people's cars or I take them to their homes and I start carrying food into their house or I start loading their car with food. And these are people who show up, most of them who have come over the years, most people not involved or they just associate people coming to a food bank as moochers. And I have to correct them and say, no, they're, they're not. There are some, but you can spot those a mile away. Most people are coming because of, there's a, of a circumstance that took the, the wind out of their sails in life, and they need a hand up because temporarily they lost their momentum. Something unexpected happened, and they can't feed their families. And if you can help equip a, a father or a mother to feed their family, they will get up and fight another day. And when you're giving them food, when I'm giving them food... And I see them approach with a look of shame because it's one of the hardest things for them to do because they're not prone to asking for help. And when you give that food to them with no strings attached, no judgment, no nothing, and you smile at them and you encourage them, like suddenly, no matter what I may have been, what circumstance I may have found myself in, perhaps an hour and a half earlier, two hours earlier at my house or at work, it seemed tremendously burdensome, like there was no way I was going to get out from underneath it. But when I go and I help other people who have genuine need, it automatically unseats my circumstances from being in front of me. And when I'm doing that to help people who can't help themselves for that moment, it it it's like it purges my, my all that that uh, struggle inside of me. And it points out to me how blessed I am in other areas of my life. And my life, my identity, the identity of my life is not a circumstance. It is not a trying time. And I I have learned to identify that pit. And so the pit is imaginary. It is a perception. It is a deception. And we allow that, that pit to build around us. And if we don't make that pit go away, pretty soon it becomes, it increasingly becomes our identity. And I have met many guys over the years who really see themselves, they've been in the pit for so long that they view themselves as the pit keeper. So this is an imaginary pit and they view their role in life to be the keeper of the pit. And that is their whole, whole identity. And so they sit in this pit and their whole role in life is to wait and see what somebody dumps in the pit that pours all over them. And I don't know how men always, I don't necessarily know everybody's backstory or how they got to that place, but that there's no person. And again, I've said in, in other episodes that, that I've, truly believe that that we were created in God's image and that gives you an intrinsic value that cannot be taken away just because you are created in the image of God. You were not created to live in an imaginary pit holding an imaginary prisoner chain that is not tied to your ankle and there are no pit walls. You are choosing in your own mind to erect those walls And put yourself in a place where your identity is somebody dumping something on you. And so then you have some type of uh, miserable connection, not miserable connection, but a connection of some form of misery. And that is your context for conversation. So if, if like examine your own life, and if when you meet people, what do you talk about? Do you, are you able to to engage them, are you able to find out about their lives? Are you do you probe and ask them about their story, their journey? Do you do you find out if they're uh, in need of something? Do you find out if they're lonely? Because if if you're stuck in the pit, be careful. Your conversations will become uh, repetitive, and they will be about what got dumped on you in the pit today. And you need to stop doing that because it's not productive to your life. It's not going to move you forward. It's going to keep you in the same place. And standing in the same place is moving backwards. So if you are standing in that pit, I wanted to stop. Kind of keep this derailed for just a little bit. And I will go back to my book. But I wanted to stop only because it's becoming more conversational around my world. You don't have to stay in a pit. Get out and do something. Go get involved with Habitat for Humanity. I spent two years as a volunteer crew uh, crew leader for them. In in some of my most trying times of my life, and it seemed uh, crazy to go do, and I loved it. And I, it got to where I, I so looked forward to going and showing people how to put siding on. Uh, People would show up terrified of a caulking gun. And by the end of the day, I had them hanging siding on a house, installing windows, showing them how to put trim up, set cabinets, things like that. And in that, all of that circumstantial weight completely disappeared. And I would come home and I would have so much energy. At the local food bank, I have watched guys who are depressed. I get them down there. Okay, so these are some housebound people. Could you please, box up a bunch of food, take it in your car, and take it to this person who is homebound because for some reason, this person is not physically able to leave their home. Um, so those men go and take that food, and they'll they always wind up staying a long time. But they come back with the same stories. They walk into the house. There's almost no food in the pantry. maybe just a box of macaroni and cheese nothing of substance in the fridge because these people are just shut off from the world and they're the people in the shadows that get forgotten. And they come back talking about the joy of being able to load food in these people's pantry, to put cold items in their fridge, put meat in their freezer, and then to sit down and have conversation. And then they come back energized because the person they brought food to was in the pit when they walked in. But by the time they left, they had all walked out as neighbors uh, well, or the guys that had walked out of the houses and everybody felt a sense of community in that room. And so they not only helped meet the physical needs of the, of that housebound person, but they connected that person to life. And that person was allowed to engage life. And those men come back and they talk a hundred miles an hour and they have so much energy. And so if you are just sitting still, stop doing that. I'm gonna wrap this up with a challenge for you. So set a goal for yourself for tomorrow, not someday. Someday rarely arrives, someday always moves. Set a goal for yourself for tomorrow. When you wake up, do something different. If you're in the bottom, if you're at the end of yourself, do something radically different with your life. Do something radically positive with your life. What do you have to lose? Go get involved in something. Call Habitat for Humanity or just show up at a build. They will not run you off. They'll just ask you to sign the form and say, what would, you know, can I jump, let's put you in here and let's, let's teach you how to do something. Let's get you involved with something. And before you know it, you're talking to a bunch of people you don't know doing jobs you don't know how to do and you're learning you're engaging people that have nothing in common with you, hardly, except for the fact that they're people. Your world is expanding. Go get involved in a food bank. Um, if you can't find people in need, go to a local church. Talk to a pastor. Just go ask a pastor. Pastors' offices are continually visited by people in need. And pastors, because of their experience with this, because it does occur a lot, they make, they're make they great at filtering. They can, they can kind of sort out the people who are there to con them, And they can sort out the people who are legitimately in need. And there is no shortage of a list of people that a pastor could give you, of people who are in need, of of something that you have to offer that will be a blessing to that person. You will help to engage them, which helps to pull them out of their own pit. And it will definitely remove the walls of your pit. You have to re-engage life to make the pit go away. You can't do it by sitting still. So this is the end of this episode, and I appreciate you listening. This would be the end of episode five for the Men You Are Not Alone broadcast. Podcast. Sorry, I listened to the radio for many years, talk radio for many years in my youth. So, uh, But my name is Justin O'Quinn, and I appreciate you listening, and I wish you the very best. Get out of your house, shut off the video games, shut off the computer, shut off the TV, and get out there and help people in need and see if the pit doesn't start fading away. And have a great afternoon, folks.